0: Yeah, right? yeah. you
1: know, I love that Warren Buffett comment, advice would you give to a young person, he'd say imagine if you were given a car and it was the only car you would ever own in your whole life, man you'd look after that car right, And so yeah. that's your body, that's where you look after your body, you've only got one right for your whole life. It's the same thing with a house, if we invest in a house and we say we're going to own it for 100 years, you make it warmer and drier and more solid because you're the person who's going to have to be maintaining it if you don't.
0: Welcome to Slice, property made possible. We're a platform on a mission to reduce barriers to home ownership. This podcast is a safe space for our community to learn together and build the confidence required to start on their property journey. When you're ready to start, head along to slicedobuy.com and sign up for your free dashboard. Welcome back to an episode of Slice the Podcast. Today we're joined by Sam Stubbs from Simplicity. Hi, Hi there. Sam. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. So thinking back, Sam, mm. about your first home journey, what is mm-hmm. it that you remember?
1: Look, I, w- I was in a very interesting situation with my first home because I had been working overseas for a very long time and had just been renting houses, sort of where we got the idea of renting for the long term. So when I came back, I was actually almost 40 and basically I was a cash buyer.
0: Mm, so lucky. that was super easy.
1: Yeah, You know, no mortgage, no nothing, just cash on the nail. So but,
0: basically just make all the money you can and then buy. Yeah, I just saved it,
1: <laughs> saved it, saved it. And then now that wasn't necessarily the wise financial decision. What I should have been doing while I was overseas is buying as many houses as I possibly could with as much leverage as I possibly could and enjoying all those tax-free capital gains, right? So, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'm old enough to remember when the first house in Ponsonby in Auckland sold for $100,000. Mm-hmm. That made the news it was such a big number. So can you just imagine it? It's funny
0: when you're looking, you're like, oh, that feels like so much. And then you look five years later and you're like, it's a bargain. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, so I'm 58 now, right? In my lifetime, there has never been a time when houses have been cheap. Yeah. Right? Whenever you look at it, it always looks expensive. Yeah. And if you're waiting for houses to get cheap, You'll you be might waiting be waiting forever. the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. So people who try to time the market, I mean, that's the... the The number one piece of advice I give New Zealand is buy the most expensive house you can as early as you can and pay it off as fast as you can and Mm. that is the pretty reliable way to wealth in this country.
0: It's really interesting because we have had, you know, and people are entitled to different strategies and have different circumstances to manage Mm. but we do have quite a few people that have said recently, oh, they might spend a little bit. Less than they could, yep. uh, with the yep. aims to managing that. I guess when interest rates are high, that can be, you know, a safer option. But I myself probably followed what you did there and just stretched as far as I could. I yeah. have had a, a background in banking though, okay. so right. I was like, how much money will the bank give me? Yeah. And then, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, game yeah. that I played.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, you've got you've got the cards heavily stacked in your favor buying a home in this country. It's the cheapest form of debt you can get. It's a tax-free capital gain. The population is growing so there's an increasing demand uh it is expensive to build houses so you're not going to get a supply side shock coming in terms of price valuation so you know when you stack it up now that doesn't mean that's what that's what everyone wants to do you know we're building a lot of long-term built-to-rent housing because people want the option it's not the only thing you should or could do
0: yeah absolutely and i mean there's different strategies but but the way that it's set up is you know you You'll struggle to get lending for a business or to build something new, Mm. but you'll, well, not easily get it. There are ways to get it for property and and whether that's, you know, working to purchase with others or when you do have enough purchasing yourself. And where did you buy when you bought that first time? It's
1: in uh, Wellington. Ah. we moved back from Hong Kong where I was living then to Wellington and yeah, we just bought a house for cash.
0: Do you feel that that was a reasonably, you know, easy or a challenging process, or what can you recall? Yeah, from uh, that?
1: buying property in New Zealand is relatively easy uh, globally. I mean, I haven't bought homes overseas, but I've certainly hung out with a lot of people who have. Yeah. And let's call it the palaver index of buying a house <laughs> is fairly low in New Zealand. It's also, of course, as a transaction, it's amazingly cost low cost because in a lot of countries you pay stamp tax. Or stamp duty when you buy a house. So, trading in and out of a house is a very expensive proposition. In New Zealand, it's well, you know, there are agents' fees if you have to sell, but the actual lawyer's fees and transactional fees, relatively, are extremely cheap in New Zealand.
0: Which is interesting because for first home buyers, it feels so expensive, yeah, right? But yeah. you just have to, I think it's more managing the expectations. A lot of our buyers actually didn't necessarily know you need a lawyer or, you know, to yeah. support with that transaction. Yeah. So, it's just about Knowing yep, you can actually get the lending for free, you don't have fees there, but you do have legal fees, and yep, you know you and and you do have building reports and things yeah, like
1: that, yeah you know and but the other thing to do is just you know ask for, ask for it cheaper yeah, you know if it's a pretty vanilla vanilla transaction you're doing mm. it, it's less work for the lawyers, they tend to have rack rates, they tend to they, you, a lot of people assume they're sort of price takers in these things mm. they don't have to be you could. Go to a couple of lawyers and say, "What would you do it to me for?" Uh, I mean, well,
0: what we've done actually, Sam, mm. is we've negotiated fixed prices oh, with our cool. lawyers, okay. so they're some cool. of the most competitive rates, and we've kind of done that negotiation for oh, cool. our um, okay. our buyers, I guess, because that's been a challenge. I mean, I've bought twice, and I had different fees each time, and right. I saw them climb, and there wasn't a lot of transparency there. So yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. yeah, that can be a real challenge if you're not, no, that's you know, good, that's great.
1: Yeah, well well done.
0: Thank you. And hey, with Simplicity, I'm super excited to hear mm. all about it. And you just mentioned as you're walking in, you actually were working out of Great Auckland for a time.
1: Well, actually, well, I came here, interesting, for the first meeting with our creative agency we had there previously unavailable, where they were just starting out. So I had my first meeting for Simplicity here. We were actually we were based around my kitchen table. I couldn't all right. tell. <coughs> couldn't afford to pay the fees That's to be in a true startup. <laughs> yeah, it really was. So I came in here and it was the first shared space. I thought, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Like, I bet you this is going to take off. And, and sure enough, it has, eh? So, yeah, and no, it was, we started seven years ago. Yeah. And gosh, it flies, flies by, right? But we have, you know, started out with nothing. And we're a pretty big, pretty big business now. Five and a half billion dollars.
0: Congratulations to and, you. Yeah, oh,
1: well, it's a team effort, eh? Yeah. And I'm just one of four co-founders. So... And what's interesting about when you have, you know, billions and billions of dollars to invest over the long term and when you're a non-profit like we are, which means that you'll be around forever, Mm. uh, you start thinking differently about things. And when we looked at the housing market in New Zealand, we thought, this is kind of crazy, eh? New Zealand's the most expensive housing market in the OECD. Mm. 25% of New Zealanders spend more than 40% of their after-tax income on rent or mortgages. And we started saying okay you know how can we help here yeah you know, how can we help with that all all of that money over that long period of time yeah
0: yeah and so yeah, so that's been, what, you said seven years ago you were yeah. here. I first yeah, came into the grid five years ago and they haven't, haven't been able to shake me since. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> Still idea. just hanging around. <laughs> hey, cool. Yeah, cool. But yeah, so seven years and now yeah. you're looking at introducing a $12 billion fund yeah, into yeah. the housing space. This is super exciting. Let yeah, so
1: we've just, we've just started up, we're calling it the Homes and Income Fund because mm-hmm. it will build a lot of homes and fund a lot of homes. We're aiming for 25000 over the next 10 to 15 Epic. years. And it also will provide income because, you know, the interesting thing about this is an investment. I mean, it's primarily a good investment for our members and for anyone who gets involved. And the reason is it's really simple, eh? Like the mortgage and the rent is the last bill you won't pay. Mm. It's really secure cash flow. So I call it getting close to the cash, right? So
0: actually you're getting, you know, the people that you're receiving the funds or where the risk lies is yeah. relatively low risk
1: yeah, yeah exactly so the fund itself that we've set up will receive and by the way you know we we invest the same way with our KiwiSaver funds and other funds that we have so this is just one that's dedicated to housing yeah and income so if you think about it it's really reliable cash you know people will actually go hungry before they don't pay their mortgage right it's sad if that happens but it shows you how secure the investment is it's also a really Good investment from a tax point of view it tends to be that you can get tax-free capital gains if you hold on to it for a long period of time. And, and also, you know, from our point of view, we firmly believe you can make money and do good. Mm. You know, and if, like, so we're owned by a charity. We're a non-profit owned by a charity. And our charity spends a lot of time funding what I call ambulances at the bottom of the cliff, right? Yeah. Food parcels, women's refuge, all that sort of thing. But a warm, dry home is the ultimate fence at the top of the cliff, right? It stops yep. people falling off socially. So, you know, it's, it's a great investment. You have to be patient, right? You need, But, you know, time is our friend, With right? With property, We're you do have to you be do. patient in yeah.
0: any shape or form, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, if you're a property investor and you buy your first home, one of the things you don't sort of realise, but it's absolutely true, is that time is your friend. Yep. and that and and patience gets rewarded
0: and also the sooner you get in the more time you have on your side
1: absolutely absolutely so so and, and you know and that works when you own thousands of them as well or fund thousands of them exactly the same rule yeah so so we thought well oh, look we could let's get involved here and we'd already started doing three things to invest in property in new zealand so make money but also do a lot of good and The first one was we started three years ago and doing first home mortgages, which I'm sure we'll talk about. The second one was we started investing in funding community housing around the country. And
0: there's bonds for that one. And there's bonds
1: for that one. So buying a lot of community housing bonds and working with the providers there to do a sort of a standardised bond that's easy to buy. So that other KiwiSaver managers too can do it so that we can get those community housing providers who are able to actually build thousands of homes but have been lacking the finance, get them the finance, right? Mm. So, you know, there's, it's been like a vein of finance, but now let's make an artery of money into yeah. that area. And the third one was building and renting homes ourselves, which is what pension funds and superannuation funds do overseas a lot. Yeah. And we thought, we'd, let's be the first in New Zealand to do this and do it in scale and show the rest of the industry and show New Zealand how cheaply you can build houses, how good they are and and how
0: it can suit the investors and and how it
1: can be a great investment too yeah and that's so far that's worked working out really well we've built 159 we've got another 345 in build right now in auckland and we built the land for better than government for about a 600 yeah yeah we've got about (laughs) 1,000 over a 1,000 homes already in build or in development so and that's just two years. Yep. You know, that's what you can do when you have a, an awful you're lot of money. just starting out and moving in that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, we, we'd like to get that up to about 10,000 homes around the country. And the nice thing about that from the, from the experience of the renters is it's for long-term rent. We won't sell it. We have no intention of selling it. So that means people can stay there forever. Yeah. You know, which is, which is cool.
0: Yeah, so can we go into a little bit more detail? So with yeah. that one, you're building the homes and then you're them on the market and they're available to anyone. Or how does yeah, that work? so
1: so that one is purely for rent, right? We're not building to sell; we're building okay. to rent. So, so building so
0: them out and then people are renting yeah. them. So you're creating rental stock. Exactly.
1: So so we're buying the land, doing the development, literally doing the building. We own the building company. We're doing the management as well. So we don't outsource the property management, plant the trees, water the gardens. We do everything. Right.
0: Make sure it's up to healthy living At, standards and beautiful. everything. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we want it to be a really beautiful experience. And if we do that by the thousands, that ends up being a fantastic source of income. And remember, in financial markets, they go up or down. People are always paying the rent, right? So it's a very low volatile asset. And it goes up with property values over time. So it turns out to be a really, really good investment. For those of you who understand this term we call internal rate of return, which is basically what you can expect to make over the long, long time. This has a sort of a, 10 to 12% over 20 years a yeah, year. Yeah, that's a great return. It's super super reliable, eh. So yeah. so but that's for rent and that's just to provide another option for New Zealanders. It's not about you know attacking the it's, anything it's just, you know, it's, just, one just angle, more, right? it's just one option that people have. It takes some pressure off the social housing role because there are some people on that social housing role who can and it afford to pay helps those rent.
0: that also want to rent and don't necessarily want to buy.
1: Totally. And those people or are unable to. Yeah, and those people are saving up to buy their first home, right? You yep. gotta have a rent, you've got to have a nice warm, dry home to live in, right? Yeah. So
0: So that's the, the building kind of I guess yep. goal of the of the package. And then the other one is providing home loans. So and you've got a fund specifically for that. What does that look yeah, like? Yeah,
1: sure. So <clears throat> we do uh, first-home mortgages. Yeah. And we've done, they're typically for people with 20% deposits. Okay. But the advantage to them is it's a really low rate. So right. since, we, since we've started three years ago, we've always been, we've always had a rate which has been lower than the bank's one- and two-year rates and floating rates. So we only have a floating rate, right? But that's always been cheaper. And it's typically about... Half to one percent cheaper. Yeah. So it's pretty significant. We added, worked out that the average borrower is saving around about a hundred dollars a week, and in after tax income, that's massive. It's so a lot of money, eh? Yeah. And, and interest. So, and and how do we do that? Well, it's incredibly simple. This is what's been done for centuries by building societies and thrift societies. So what we do is, you know, our members save money in KiwiSaver and our investment funds and so on, and we take a small portion of that and we lend that to other members who want to borrow to buy their first home. And if you think about what a bank does, right, they take in bank deposits and then they lend out same, in mortgages. Same here. thing, yeah. And what they call their net interest margin, which is how much more do they make in lending than they pay the to, to get the term deposits. And in New Zealand, it's over 2% now, right? But there's a 2%, you want to call that the margin, the spread, the profit margin yeah. the banks make. So all we do is we take that 2% and we say we're going to give some back to the borrowers in terms of lower rates and some back to the members in terms of higher returns.
0: So those that are investing in that At, are getting higher returns. A, a, absolutely. Yeah. So
1: mem- it, basically this is members lending to members.
0: And you're squeezing your own margin.
1: Well, we have no margin. You see, we're a non-profit. We don't yeah. need to make a margin. So what we do is we make a return for our members, which is really good given the risk they're taking, which well, is very low. they're
0: making the bank's they're,
1: they're margin. Making, they're making more than if we put their money in the bank, right? Yeah. They're making a higher major. So, so they're the,
0: making the profits, so though, that the bank would make, so they're getting yeah, so, access some, to... Some of them, yeah, some of them, yeah. yeah. So
1: so our Save returns, investment returns will be, you know, juiced up a little bit by yeah. that extra return. And then the borrower is paying less. And the reason that we do floating is interesting. Eh? Most banks do one in two years, not because... That makes necessarily sense for the borrower, although sometimes it gives them certainty about the rate they're paying, right?
0: But you don't get that much certainty over a one-year period. It's
1: not that long, right? The real reason, and I've been a banker my whole life, so and I know where the bodies are buried, right? I know why they do this. (laughs) They do this because they want to re-engage with you at the end of the year and say, hey, we've got to reset your mortgage. And by the way, would you like to buy this? Or by the way, have you seen our credit cards? Or by the way. So it's a marketing exercise for them. It doesn't really reduce that they could happily provide really low-cost floating. The reason I hate floating rates, the reason floating rates are so high, is because you don't get in touch with them anymore. You just pay it off whenever you get money. But you you don't need to be in touch with them. they like
0: balance sheets.
1: They have to provide a little bit more capital against a floating rate, but it's nothing like a proportion. I mean, the floating rates in New Zealand are just crazy high, right? So if you look at our floating rate, which is lower than one or two year, it has been for the last three years. There's never been a time when our rate hasn't been lower than that or, or, or the, for a very brief time I think we were charging the same as one year fixed but that was it, it all other times lower what so the other great thing about that is where they floating rate and this is the interesting thing we've noticed is that people are really incentivized to pay it off right yeah. we say you know if you save another 50 dollars a week that you'll pay it off x faster and all that sort of stuff so we want members to pay off their mortgage and own their home faster so that we can relend that money to the next member. Yeah. What a bank wants to do, they don't say this, but trust me, this is what they want. They want you to have the mortgage for as long as possible. They as so you're paying interest the interest as, as, l- as possible. Yeah. Yeah. We want you to pay it off as fast as possible because we have lots of people to lend to. Yeah. You know, We have way more demand for mortgage lending than we ha- have the ability to supply at the moment. Although with this big fund of ours, the more people save, the more we'll be able to lend. And I think over the next five to ten years, we're going to start to become a very serious threat to the banks.
0: Do you do fixed rates for that as well? So you talk about the floating, is that not yeah. really something No, we Yeah, no, to-
1: we, we've thought about that. Our systems are ready for it. We don't offer it yet because, quite frankly, after the last three years of doing what we're doing, we think, look, it's actually better for you. Yep. And then we have to get in touch with you. And we're a non-profit. We don't want, we, we don't want you or us to be having a Discussion we don't need to be having mm. uh, just for the peace of mind of, of a one year rate. You know, what we'll show you is the chart which is saying it's floating, and people are always scared about the floating rate going up a lot more than one or two year fixed. That doesn't happen very often, eh? I mean, like if you took out a five or 10 year mortgage, there might be a time when our floating rate would be more expensive than that. But you're taking a pretty big risk on locking in a rate uh, over five or 10 years, or you know, you're committing.
0: I think we, it could be a good and a bad thing. Like some people mm, do like certainty, so it yeah. can be good to, to fix out over a period of time. But yeah, I guess if you are looking at one or two years, yeah, it's not going to be that Yeah,
1: different. We don't have a problem with demand. Like when we show people this is what we do and this is why we do it, they go, oh, I get it. Yeah, We might offer one year just for peace of mind. But... Not at this stage, Not, really. Not at this stage. Not be, to be, And to be completely honest with you, the reason is I honestly don't think it's in our members' best interests. Yeah. I think they will pay off their mortgage faster. They will get uh, – because the, the rate won't be any lower, by the way. With the banks, they charge these crazy high floating rates because they want you to take one- and two-year rates because they want to re-engage with you. Yeah, so we based on a your low rate. model, it just – Yeah, yeah we, we charge a much lower floating rates. You will pay it off faster. That way our first one one-year rates wouldn't be any cheaper. Mm. So why bother? Yeah. You know? Fair enough. Yeah.
0: And so the first one of that, so we've sort of spoken about the homes that you're building to rent, the loans that you're lending, and it does require a 20% deposit, but you have some great kind of rates that you're able to offer. And then the third piece was
1: the community, the housing. community housing and the yeah. bonds for that. Yeah. And, and we've invested about $40 million in that. So that's helped fund about 144 homes in Auckland and the Waikato, and we want to spread that right across the country and help fund about 5,000 community homes. Yep. That would house about 12,000, 13,000 people, and there are about 25,000 families on the social housing register at the moment. So it's not going to solve the problem, but goodness, it'll it'll make a big dent in it, we yeah. hope, over time.
0: And we yeah. all have to, you know, in the private sector, do what we can. Well, I mean, you're a non-profit, but we're talking about maybe relying on government to do some of those things in yeah. our episode with well, Simon Bridges, and it doesn't seem to work that well. So it, it's great that there are these other initiatives that are trying to attack that yeah.
1: problem. And look, Let me give you an example. like If people took just 5% of what they have in term deposits in New Zealand, which is $280 billion, right? 5% of that is $14 billion. With $14 billion at current prices, we can build and fund 25,000 homes, mm. and we really are doing it right we really can do it there's plenty of great builders and so on out there as well we build much cheaper than the market we we have a a factory style kaizen approach to building which means that our apartments are about between 30 and 40% cheaper than the equivalent in the market and they're built out of concrete and brick they last twice as long because if you're going to own these things for 100 years you build them as if you're going to look after them for 100 years yeah, right yeah. you know i love that warren buffett comment about you know cuz he's saying what would you give advice would you give to a young person he'd say well one of the things I'd say is that imagine if you were given a car and it was the only car you would ever own in your whole life man you'd look after that car right And so yeah. that's your body that's where you look after your body you've only got one right for your whole life it's the same thing with a house if we invest in a house and we say we're gonna own it for a hundred years you make it warmer and drier and more solid because you're the person who's going to have to be maintaining it if you don't do it properly to and start And you're off with.
0: either going to benefit or it's going to be to your detriment yeah. what that yeah. property looks like. And it's the same for 1st home buyers, really. It makes no difference whether you're investing at scale or not. Obviously, yeah. there's just more risk when you are investing at scale. And so... Yeah, that's a great summary I think of the housing package and every everything yeah. you're doing there and it's it's honestly amazing and I'm uh, super yeah. stoked to hear more about what simplicity is bringing to market. Yeah.
1: I'll tell you there's one other really interesting thing too and and we haven't agreed to do this so this is I'm just floating an idea with Once you. Once right? you float it then yeah, it's yeah. like it has to happen. <laughs> well, it might do. But look, and here's my here's one of my dreams. I have several dreams, but here's one of them. I think that New Zealanders, around about age 20, should be able to get into an apartment and rent it and save up for their first place, right? And then I think they should be able to buy the apartment they're living in, Mm. or one very like it. And um, if you think about what we're doing, what's the long term? The long term is we could build so many that we're saying, okay, you rent here, and in five years' time, we'll give you the right to buy it. And if you want to buy it, because we've built it and we know what it's like, we'll lend you the money to buy it and then you can pay it off as fast as possible and so you own your home the whole rent to own thing yeah Yeah.
0: which does happen in the uk a lot like that's a scheme that's working well overseas and has been for a while we just don't seem to have as many options yeah
1: and you know what we used to do this in massive scale in new zealand back in the 1930s when your grand when your parents when your grandparents were around and when my parents were around they moved into their first state house it was a rental home and then they got something called a state advances loan, which was a government loan to buy that house. And that got a whole generation of New Zealanders onto the property ladder post the depression. I'll give you an example of how many houses we can build. When they launched that program, the state house building program, Michael Joseph Savage engaged this guy called James Fletcher, you know, from Fletcher Building. Yeah. He was the first Fletcher. And he said, we want you to build us a whole lot of state houses that we can rent so people can then buy The population in New Zealand was one third of what it currently is right now. Okay, it was just over a million. Guess how many houses they built in the first year?
0: Oh, I bet it's going to be heaps because I bet that they were way better back then. (laughs) What should I guess?
1: 5,000? 10,000? 50,000?
0: 70,000?
1: Oh, whoa. New Zealand built. 70,000. Yeah, and I'll give you an example. And those are the state houses now. You know how people say, oh, it's an old state house? It's and they a, were
0: built solid. It's a
1: byword for quality, right? Yeah. They were built out of heart Rimu. I mean, not timbers you can get now, heart carrying whatever. Yeah. But they were built really well. So now they were cold. They weren't insulated properly and all that sort of thing, but they were built fundamentally really well. We mm. want to build the next state house. Mm. This time it will be built out of concrete, concrete and brick yeah. and so on, but it's the same idea. But right? yeah,
0: brick and tile, I mean, that's a yeah. renowned kind of well, safe bet.
1: You go to Berlin, Birmingham, Budapest, everywhere in the world – that's what, here we go. Yeah, brick. Brick is, you know, look at brick. It's only been around for 2,000 years, so it hasn't been really tested yet, right? Mm. Neither has concrete. That's only held buildings up for 2,000 years as well, so I'm being ironic, right? Sort of right? sitting under the ledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are incredibly strong. They require no maintenance. There's no paint. You know, ecologically, this is a very nice thing to do. They are warm. They are dry. They moderate moisture. It's a miracle product, brick. And
0: yet, like, it's almost like we move away from these materials that we know that works, try out different materials, and then they fail, and then we're surprised. Yeah, well,
1: (laughs) New Zealand has this obsession with what we call stick builds, building out of timber. And Mm. it's because it's the most freely and cheaply available product, right? Unfortunately, Pinus radiata is pretty... To be honest with you, it's pretty average timber, It's pretty crappy timber. Yeah, when but it was Cody, it sure, but now yeah.
0: we're not allowed to use Cody. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 and, but it grows fast, right? So yeah. it's available. And the whole industry has got itself geared up around building around – and sometimes they say, oh, we need it for earthquake protection and so on. But fundamentally, they just did it because it was cheap and available, right? Yeah. And when we ran out of kauri and rimu, they just flipped to pinus radiata because, oh, you plant this tree and it's fully mature in 30 years. So the whole industry has – got itself around it but here's the craziness of it we have a building code now which says if I build a new home out of timber or any material it only has to last 50 years it can it can be condemned on year 51 and that was perfectly okay so the build quality of houses in New Zealand is appalling Mm. if you go to any other country OECD country that's the first comment that a lot of visitors to New Zealand come here look at the housing stock and they say this looks like real cheap houses and so the, the thing about – and, of course, there are clearly well-built ones too. You know, it's yeah. not, not like all of that. Not not like mine. Well, I'm sure there are, though. there are. There are heaps of modern houses that are really well-built too. Yeah. But you can build them. If you were a developer who wants to squeeze the lemon, yeah, get every drop of profit out, shape, you can do it really cheap, cheap, cheap. and nasty. Not with brick and concrete. Brick and concrete lasts forever, effectively, like and a very so long time. It's really te- – it's textural, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's warm. And so – so that's what we do. So, you know, if you look at the outside of all of our buildings, they only have brick, concrete, aluminium windows, and a tin roof, a galvanised nice. iron roof. That's it. None of that... Well, the galvanised iron arguably needs painting, but actually by the time it wears out these days, it will just needs replacing. So if you look at our developments, we basically reserve about $30 a week for a maintenance and replacement. It's Not much, eh? No. Nope. And, <laughs> it's and not that's much to all. replace... You know the kitchens every 30 years the roof every 50 years all that sort of stuff so if it's you do manageable. these things in scale it's you there and you you use it you do it right first up it can be a lot cheaper and that's what you do when you you know i'll give you one other example too like you get into an apartment building with a lift in it now if you're a developer and you build it to sell you know that people when they're looking at the show home don't pay too much attention to the lift right and the lift is working and that's fine. But when you're going to own it for 100 years, you know that a whole lot of people are going to be moving quiz size mattresses in and out of that lift and all that. So you don't put in the cheap lift that breaks down. You put in the expensive and big lift, right? Mm. That's really reliable. That costs you 10 or 15% more. That is a much better investment up front. Investment. Yeah. Up front. So, 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 if you're a developer, you don't want to do that because that's ten or fifteen percent out of your profit margin, right? But if you're an owner for a long term, you absolutely do that. And in fact, you don't put in just one lift, which is what a developer would do. You put in two lifts because one, if yeah, one breaks do down, it too, nobody can get up and down.
0: Reduce wear and tear and everything like that. Well,
1: and you've got a whole lot of. I mean, our apartments and eighty five percent of apartments in the tower blocks are what they call life mark rated, so they can take a, a disabled people and people in wheelchairs. If you're in a wheelchair. You don't have the option of going down the stairs. The lift has Mm. to work, right? That is why, you know, the the building stock, the quality of homes in so much of Europe, the United States, Australia, wherever they do this is actually higher. One of the reasons, it's not the only one, but it's because you have many more long-term owners who are really vested in making sure that the experience is a good one. Because they want to create communities of happy long-term renters. Mm. They don't want to sell it to you as fast as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of looking at a dual strategy. Like, yes, you've got the capital gains, but also you want that rent coming in. Yeah. and if you've got a great place to live, like that's going to take care of itself.
1: Yeah, it really does. And and you don't like squeeze the lemon again. Yeah, not not trying to like screw the last dollar out of every tenant over the short term, right? And then sell the house out from underneath them. You want them to be really happy and want to live there, right? Mm. And that means that, you know what, our rents are a little cheaper than they could be. It's still a really good return for our members, but they're a little bit cheaper. Our apartments are already 16% bigger on average. We've just signed off on making them 25% bigger than the average apartment to rent. Why? Because that creates a better experience for you as a tenant. You just like, yeah, a little bit more room is better, is nicer. You know, more room for chairs, one more cupboard. I don't know, you know, and we have this sort of Kaizen with every development, we seek a little bit more improvement than the one beforehand, so a continuous process of improvement. How
0: can we add a bit of extra value here?
1: Yep, or, or in some cases, do the same thing for less money. Yeah. You know, so one of the reasons our, you know, like I'll give you an example. We are now building apartments which have an average of about 2.2 bedrooms for turnkey, so land, building, landscaping, appliances, curtains, everything, for about $500,000, Five, between five and $600,000. Mm. That is miles cheaper than the market is doing it. So how are we doing it? It's because, you know what? At
0: you're, scale as
1: well. At, at scale. So everything is repeatable, just simple economies of scale. And also, you know, you don't have nine different colour schemes. You have one. And if you move in and don't like it and ask us, we'll let you paint the wall. Mm. You know, if you're going to be there for a while. We don't have infinite layouts. You don't get to choose the tiles. They're all really nice and high quality. Yeah. But, you know, and they're quite neutral And But color. they're not bespoke. But they're not bespoke. You know. Yeah. You pay a massive price for bespoke customising, and if you can afford it, that's great. But there's a whole lot of people who can't or don't and care too much. And
0: even then, if you are doing bespoke, potentially they are subbing in cheap materials or different things to sometimes. manage that cost margin.
1: Yeah, sometimes.
0: Now, we haven't spoken all that much about the members. Like, we've spoken about a great deal about the, the housing initiatives that you're Gosh. working on. But maybe taking a step back and yeah. discussing... Uh, yeah, what, what is that sort of focus for the members and obviously the, the KiwiSaver part yeah, of the yeah, no, I understand. business?
1: Yeah, because we started out as a KiwiSaver and it's still by far our biggest business. Yeah, right? All of this I just got overly excited yeah. by the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> by yeah, the yeah. new Lots ideas. Of, I do too, but yeah. that's only, you know, these dir- what we call the direct investment strategies we have in New Zealand. They're only about 10% of the money we invest. The other 90% is, is done the way it's always been done. And look, I
0: think it's really great, though, to give some insight to that because, you know, we've been speaking a lot about investing where your values are and if yeah. you know that a company like Simplicity yeah. is supporting with housing I mean that signals to me that I should be yeah. with yeah. my KiwiSaver because I care about housing. So yeah yeah
1: absolutely we won't do these things to virtue signal if they make you less money yeah they have to first and foremost make our members wealthier if they end up doing good as well then why wouldn't we and as yeah. a non-profit owned by a charity we're kind of hardwired to ask those to two, two questions can we make money and do good. But you know, if you think about us as a business, it's really interesting when you run a nonprofit owned by a charity. Because the great thing about running a nonprofit is you don't make a profit, and you say, "Well, why is that great?" It says that's because we'll never, because we never make a dollar, we'll never be worth a dollar, mm. and if we're not ever worth a dollar, we'll never be bought or sold. Mm. So we're going to be around here forever, right? We're gonna, we're like the Southern Cross of finance. That's mm. we modeled ourselves on Southern Cross. They've been around for seventy-five years. They have seventy-five percent market share. So they are massively commercially effective and we can be too because we don't need to make a profit, we can charge lower fees and our fees mm. are really, really low and going down. So the, so you've got a competitive advantage being a non-profit but how we think about ourselves is we call ourselves a dignity company and what we mean by that is why are we around? Well, what did we set up? It's fundamentally to give New Zealanders dignity And particularly New Zealanders in retirement dignity. So how do you get dignity in life? Well, a a dignified life is one with choices. When you can choose whether you go to the movie, choose what to eat, choose where to go on holiday, and choose where to live, by the way, your life is dignified. The other way of saying that is poverty sucks, Mm. right? When you have no choices in life, right? So how do you give people choices? Money. Money. The more money you have, you know, m- money is not a dirty word in that sense. It is, it is the great dignifier, right? Mm. The more money you have, the more choices you have, and therefore, the more dignity. So we are all about and have always been about making New Zealand as wealthier, and it's working, you know, via low fees, but also now through our ability to invest in these things like housing in New Zealand in scale over the long time, which are really good investments. So, you know, it, it's, it's actually no more difficult than that. And so when you're running the business, the question we're always asking is, is this going to make members richer? Yes or no? If it's a no, it doesn't matter how much good we do. We don't do it. You know, we'll, yeah. Yeah, we, we say, go and have a chat to our charity. Yeah. Maybe they'll have it. We're giving away almost $2 million a year now in charitable donations. Because
0: in a sense, if that's your, you know, one of your goals and objectives, and it's still a charitable objective, if you're trying to help, the financial well-being of New Zealanders like that's your core objective. And it's not that it's money related. That means that's not a, you know, a valuable objective to have. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: I think you're absolutely right. So there's a whole lot of people who make the mistake of thinking that if it's making money, it must be, you know, not socially good. Yeah. Right. So anti-capitalists or whatever. That's not true. Mm. You can actually make money and do good. And we're just a living example of it, you know, and there's an, you know, there are other things we stand for too. I, I, call us jokingly the great Aussie bank profit repatriation machine, right? So <laughs> we, we, we really dislike the excessive profits the Aussie banks make, so we set our, ourselves up in long-term competition with them mm-hmm. to bring more money back to New Zealand. Um, and, but, I
0: mean, that's a great story for New Zealanders. Kiwis love that.
1: Yeah, there's like the little Kiwi battler getting in there and taking on the man, yeah, and that's what we are. And now, uh, you yeah, know, we used to be a, a, an annoying little – Net and their ankle, and we're starting to bite them a bit now. They're starting to itch Nipping a bit. at the heels. And, and, and listen, we just want to change your behaviour. We want, we want healthy, happy, profitable banks. And it's totally fine if they're owned by Aussies and whatever. They're totally fine. But what we don't want is excessively profitable banks that are basically taking too much money out of our pockets. And that's what's and happening And that at the we moment. don't
0: have any power or control exactly. over in New it, Zealand.
1: We're, we're, we're completely powerless in that regard. So we're going to take on, you know, we're buying that fight. And it's just a normal commercial fight. Mm, uh, a healthy and, competition. Yeah, I hope so. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, you know, we have to get really, really, really big before mm. we really start beating them up. But, yep. you know, we were nothing seven years ago and we're starting to be a little bit annoying now. So we're getting there.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So going into KiwiSaver as well, there's obviously KiwiSaver Retirement and also KiwiSaver First Home. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit more about like, if we just take it back to basics, yeah. why KiwiSaver is important, yeah. what people should be considering when investing in, key, in a particular KiwiSaver fund, yep. yeah. sure. T- take us through that. Yeah,
1: so why is KiwiSaver important? Well, it, it's a government-sponsored and government-supported saving scheme, right? So there's a lot of regulation all over it. So it's actually a relatively safe place to have your money. It depends on, on the fund and so on and so forth. But the government are very invested in making sure KiwiSavers don't get ripped off, right? So that's one reason why I think of all the Safe places to place. put your money, it's, it's, a, it's a reliable place to put your money. It's, it, it's got a lot of powerful friends, right? Second thing is it's free money, right? Some people still don't know this, but if you, basically if you put $20 a week in your KiwiSaver account up to $1,048, the government gives you a free $10. Mm. So you can basically get $10 a week for free if you're an adult just by having a KiwiSaver account. So it doesn't matter... If you're a tradie, if you run your own business or if you're salaried, you must have a KiwiSaver account and you must put in basically 20 bucks a week, right? Then the government will put in $10 for you. So it's free money. That's the second thing. The third thing is that it's one of those things where it's really easy to contribute. It's a really easy way to save. And because you can't get hold of it, you're not tempted to, you know. Yeah, it's a on, separate on a, sort of on yeah.
0: its own, out of, out of out, out, sight, out of, out, of out of
1: mind to a certain extent. So on a big Friday night, you, you can't know, reach into you can't your KiwiSaver. Kiwi I know you desperately like to sometimes, but you can't. And that's good, right? So you end up – and for New Zealanders, particularly those who are buying their first home, and I think, you know, when look, what you should do with KiwiSaver is use it as a saving vehicle to buy your first home. When you've got your first home and you're paying off the mortgage, make your contributions small as they can be and pay off the mortgage, Yeah, right? That's the, the most reliable way to wealth. And then later on, you can pick up your Build contributions it up for again. Retirement. But you must always be putting in at least you know that thousand dollars a year. And if your employer is subsidising, which many people are, you keep those employer subsides, subsidies up or and contributions and you, and, right. Yeah, contributions. Yeah. And if you have to match them to get them, then you match them. But so you know, there's the, 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 those are three pretty powerful reasons. It's a great way to make money. The government's basically got you back there, and there's some free money involved as well. And the other thing is, it's pretty easy to switch. You know, like if you don't like your provider, you can switch it. Our members switch in like a couple of minutes or something online.
0: And what should mm. we be thinking about? Or, you know, if, if the buyers that maybe haven't got the deposit yet and they're wanting to save fast, like what should they be considering when it comes to returns? Yes, but also yeah. fees because there's always the trap yeah. of fees that, yeah, yeah. that comes in fees
1: are Fees are the killer. Yeah. So look, our industry charges crazy fees. KiwiSaver fees will be about $700 million this year. And that's crazy, eh? And the way that fees used to be described was as a percentage of your savings and it always sounded low, like 1% fee didn't sound much, right? Think about this if you're a home buyer. If you're a home buyer and you had a house worth a million dollars and your rates were 1%, well, that'd be $10,000. You'd be rioting in the streets, right? Yeah. 1% is actually an awful lot. And so one of the... Regulation changes we lobbied for and I think we're successful in getting was that, you know, once a year you get told the fees you're paying in dollars and cents. This is yeah. what you paid in dollars and cents.
0: Transparency.
1: So more transparency. is still not brilliant transparency by the industry, but at least they've been forced to the altar on this one that they have to disclose it once a year. But fees really matter. There are some studies done by Standard & Poor's that the industry won't talk about. It's called the SPIVA studies. But basically they've been going for over 30 years now. And they basically show you very, very simply that it's almost impossible to beat a low-fee fund over the long term. Yeah, You have to be an incredibly exceptional investor over the long term to because fees really, really matter. So that's why when we set up as a nonprofit, we really focused on low fees, lowest yeah. possible fees. So that's what we do. Um, so
0: yes, look at returns, but nine times out of ten, it's actually more important what the fees are.
1: Fees are the number one thing, the yeah. number one determinant of how – much money you end up with are fees over the long term there are other factors as well but fees are hugely important and look you know you can you can sort of know that what i'm saying is right here because we set ourselves up as a non-profit we could have managed money anyway we Mm. just want to make people more money so why did we focus on low fees because we know because the data supports because you know, it, this is common knowledge. I did some research in myself, Sam, yeah. and I
0: did, I stumbled into that. So I can vouch for Sam that yeah, yeah. it is fees that, it, it's, that it's a it's yeah, when yeah. you're picking the particular fund, that's what you really need to hone yeah. in on. Yeah.
1: And the industry doesn't want to talk about that because it's so damn lucrative. Mm. You know, $700 million worth of revenue. Do you know how much capital you have to provide in order to get that revenue? Go on. Zero. <laughs> Even a bank has to provide capital before they can take term deposits. A KiwiSaver manager can have basically zero capital. Yeah, that's a tiny, tiny amount, but it's inconsequential. That's why when you contact the bank, that's why you ask you about KiwiSaver all the time because it's such a lucrative product, yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: And so obviously we've got the, yeah, you've also given some key takeaways there. A, when you're considering which fund uh, to put your money into, make sure that you're researching the fees when you're looking at potentially using those funds, the two main purposes are for your first home and then yeah. for retirement. Yeah. Do we perceive any other opportunity or is there discussion in industry around using those funds for different purposes, yeah. whether it's building your own business? Yeah,
1: or the latest government or the national Party, should say, had a policy they floated that it could be used for a tenancy bond.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't seem to be in their priorities now, but that was floated. Every now and again, politicians come up with an idea because mm-hmm. they can see it. There's a hundred billion dollars there. Woo! You know how can we get people to use it? I think there's a pretty good case for it paying for education fees. Yeah, it kind of seems to me a little bit silly that a student can graduate with debt, but also a KiwiSaver pull of mm-hmm. money when. Financially, they will will be worse off, unless, of course, it's student debt with a low rate. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, if it's
0: 0% student loan,
1: though. Yeah, no, if it's 0%, you should definitely have your KiwiSaver fund. But if you get yourself in a situation where you have other debt by virtue of getting education. Because
0: you can use it for financial hardship as well, right? But that's quite yeah. circumstantial.
1: It is, and it's pretty hard to get your money out. and you ha- It has to be genuine financial yeah. hardship, right? So like um, can't
0: pay your mortgage or something yeah. like
1: that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, it has to be, re- you have to be really, really in dire straits before you get your money out there. So <clears throat> it's, uh, you yeah, know, it's, uh, I hope they don't tinker with it too much because it's the whole idea of it was to look after your retirement. Paying for your first home, I think, is a kind of a cool idea. I actually didn't like it at the time, but I've come around. I think it's a good use of of the funds. And Um, also
0: your risk appetite. Like when you are younger, yeah, you do kind of want to take on some lending. You've got the the future to pay that off. So if you can do that for the first home, then, yeah, when you're older, you don't necessarily want to take on as much risk. So more conservative savings through the fund.
1: Exactly. And what you should do is just go to the Sorted website, and there's a thing called a KiwiSaver Fund Finder, It'll ask you some basic questions and it'll spit out what type of fund you should be in because mm-hmm. it does differ over your lifetime for yeah. sure. And and, and the, the government the sorted are owned by the government, so it's very sensible arm's length advice. It's a it's a really cool site actually. There's lots of useful stuff there. Money Hub do it as well. They're really cool. And so you know it's you know KiwiSaver is a, like it's it's kind of a miracle scheme. Eh? Like we've saved hundred billion dollars in it. And, you know, that's just going to carry on going up and up and up over time. So, you know, I, I, I can't sort of speak more highly of it. I think it's just, it's a cool thing. And it's probably the most trusted financial product now since the checkbook, right? Like New mm-hmm. Zealanders are used to being, they were scarred by the stock market crash of 87, scarred by the finance company scandals of 2008, and eight, nine. And so now they've got something they can hopefully believe in.
0: And something with regulation wrapped something, around lots it. Lots
1: of regulation wrapped around it. Yeah, yeah. As it should be.
0: The other piece I was interested in is like obviously a lot of the younger generations are focused on ESG and ethical investing. Mm. Uh, Is that a focus of simplicity and and what does that look like?
1: Yeah, it's really big. So we have ethical screens over all of our investments, every single fund. We don't have ethical funds and non-ethical ones. And that means we exclude eight industries and we also overlay four UN principles to do with child labour, human rights, issues like that. But then we also, so that's one aspect of ethical. And I think, you know, ethical is a funny term, eh? Like it means different things to different people. Mm. But to us. I mean,
0: there's a broad set of values that can wrap into it. There's social, there's environmental. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, you know, so we take it one step farther than that, though. We don't think that just excluding stuff is good enough. So that's why we've pioneered these community bonds. It's why we're building these houses for rent. It's why we're providing low-cost mortgages. It's also, by the way, while we're planting heaps of native trees, like in you know, every one of our apartments rented now has a native tree planted per week somewhere Ooh, in New Zealand. That's cool. You know, so it's 52 trees per apartment per year. It starts to really add up, right? And we've already planted 150,000. So, you know, you, and, and we give away a lot to charity, being charitable and that's just. So all of that sort of adds up to, is this someone that you should trust to manage your money, but also whom you know is... Using the position, the privileged position they're in, because we're in a privileged position of investing billions of dollars on behalf of a, almost 150,000 Kiwis. Are they actually doing it in a way that would make you feel proud? Mm. Because it's your money; it's our members' money. So we get a lot of really good suggestions, and we don't always get it right. You know, we we that sometimes there are investments that are highlighted to us that we we should have thought a bit harder about, or should have divested from earlier on. So we're always going to be learning.
0: And it's great to be open to feedback and, and oh, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, we, 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 we get our best feedback from members and they really – because it's interesting, eh? We're so transparent. Like we show where every dollar is invested every day on your website so you can see literally how much Apple shares you own, lit, literally, you know, right down you to every You can see investment. where
0: your investments are.
1: Absolutely where they and, and every cent invested. And that transparency is really fantastic. Sometimes – it, it can cause us a bit of heartache because our members find out, say, Hey, hold on, why well, you invested in this? And we go, Oh, sorry, either we didn't know or we'd forgotten, or it had been through our ethical screens and it had popped out as being acceptable. And then they hold us to account for it. And that's, that's, that's cool. It's yeah. cool. You've yeah, almost really cool.
0: created a culture, and it's not just a, yeah, it's transparency. It's not like we'll manage your money and we're not necessarily required to share it with you. By doing that, you're opening your, yeah. Self up to yeah. be held accountable, yeah. which means actually New Zealand you're empowering the New Zealander members oh, to work with you on that journey. Yeah.
1: You think about what AI will do for this. Yeah. Think about when you just say to AI, what what investments does simplicity have that you find that, that, that I would find morally wrong. Yeah. It'll pop them all out. So well, it's
0: going to be a continuous journey. And yep. obviously that yep. data is not really available because not all companies are transparent. So you you're just going to be learning about different investments like investments and whether or not, you know, they do fit your screening. Yeah, purposes. yeah.
1: Well, sometimes it's hard, but it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, I, when you're going to be around for 100 years, you've got to do the right thing, eh? You know, yeah. and trust is earned. You know, it's, you can't buy trust. You can't advertise your way into being a trusted brand. And provider, you've got to earn it day by day, action by action, including admitting when you got things wrong and just fix it. Yeah, and it. I
0: don't think there's anything wrong with getting things wrong. And yeah. as Kiwis, we can be a little bit vilifying on that point. Mm. But yeah. I think as long as you're providing the ability for them to call you out, to hold yeah. you accountable, oh, sure. and then you're taking action and making change, then that's like mm. you know that's the best outcome we can possibly hope for.
1: Yeah, and accepting. That you won't please all the people all the time. Mm. Sometimes you have to make a judgment call on these things. Yeah. yeah.
0: Awesome. Well to wrap up, we've got one last question for sure. you, Sam. Yeah. If your home had a doorbell and that doorbell played a theme song, what would it play?
1: <laughs> well see, I'm really old, right? So I always <laughs> go caveat. back I always go back to the, the childhood tunes of my dreams, right? So it would probably be Star Wars. Star Wars. Or it would probably be ever oh, an ever yeah. song. Actually, it's funny. I went to I'm going starting to go to my nieces and nephews' twenty firsts now, and I laugh. I say, you, you people don't have any new music. You're just playing what I played that, at my twenty first. That's still ever. That's still it. It's, it. It, it's still <laughs> disco and ABBA and all that sort of stuff. So it would be one of those two things. Yeah, amazing. Uh, or. Yeah, someone had had a phone ring that was a that Darth Vader, which is quite cool. But anyway. <laughs>
0: Just a bit quirky, something yeah. a bit quirky. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much All for right. joining thank us, Thank you Sam. very much. It was awesome. Appreciate Great questions. Thanks a lot. Thank you for joining our community. Buying property isn't easy, but listening in will get you one step closer on your journey. Please leave an Apple or Spotify review and provide feedback so we can improve your experience. Join our Facebook group, a safe space to learn together, or follow us on Instagram at SliceToBuy. If you have any questions or topics you would like us to touch on, you can email us at hello at slicetobuy.com. A quick reminder Slice the podcast does not provide personalised investment advice. We are not acting as financial advisors or taking into account your circumstances. To get personalized advice, join us at slicetobuy.com and engage with our partners who can act as your financial advisor or lawyer and support you with your specific needs.